Do you want to learn how to make your own beer? It's time for Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Here's your host, Jeremy White and Bert Deister. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to Niagara Tradition's Just Brew It here on ESPN 1520. Jeremy White with Bert Deister as uh, we embark towards fall. And you guys got an event going on today. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We have the beer tasting and bottle exchange with the Sultans of Swig, Niagara Social Homebrewers, and Das House Brewers. So if you're looking to try some new beers, if you're looking to exchange some home brews, if you're looking to join a club, this is the event to do it. So come on down. They'll fight over you um, and give you lots of good advice, even if you're not trying to join a club. All right. So very good. You have an opportunity from 12 to 3 today. Today. All right. Join a club. Why not? Up your game a little bit. All right. So uh, last week we talked about starter pack uh starters getting starters going right mm-hmm. just how to a step that is uh one that can make a very big difference for you in the quality of your beer you go so if you want to find that it's uh it's on demand at uh, wgr's website and espn 1520 any any feedback from the episode anybody come in all of a sudden inspired to make starters the, the starters i mean people were coming and we had a couple of people say oh yeah I, I guess you know we're listening to the show and i was on the fence about making a starter for this beer and i'm gonna do it and of course we always encourage a starter with liquid yeast but you wonder what made more of a splash was the party kegs okay and uh people have been certainly interested in those and again it's some brewers if you're on the younger end of the home brewing scale you've really never seen beer in these besides like maybe heineken recently um to you know older brewers used to like the old molson bubba beers and stuff like that but they're really useful they're like a four liter keg you can cast condition in them. Uh, you can fill them like a growler from your regular draft system. They have a nice little tap on the bottom. Um, so if you're bottling and you're getting tired of going through a case of bottles every time your friends come over on Sunday, but you're not quite ready to put the money for a kegging system yet, this might be your your shot. Yeah. Well, all right. Get after it, right? Why not? It's an opportunity to uh, diversify, I guess, your delivery systems Yeah. And how you're going to get your beer. Yeah. All right. Uh, so cryo hops, they're in now still, still yep. positive reviews, and you guys are still locked and loaded. You got it. We got plenty of them. And like I said, um, YCH said this is not going to be a novelty. This is going to be a regular stock item. They didn't see. They waited a while to release it to the public because they wanted to see what the demand, what the supply was going to be like, um, and they wanted to have a fresh crop on the way before they released it. And so these are going to be in stock year-round. However, what might not be in stock year-round is Galaxy and Nelson Savin, which we have both of right now. So if you're trying to make that real juicy New England-style IPA, we got the ripe hops for you. And we always have good choices in hops, but right now we have some of the ones that are really sought after. So pick those up if you, if you need to. Draft supplies, uh, pump taps, cleaning supplies, anything you could possibly need. This time of year, as we get into October, is any is there, is there any, like, rush on any sort of item yes and actually wine making supplies so if you're trying to come in and you're trying to get a crusher distemmer um you know a vacuum uh transfer pump or something like that um you might want to come in and get it soon um they move fast um and there's only so many that we can fit in the store per week so if you think you're going to come in on friday and get a crusher distemmer we might be able to help you for crushing grapes on Saturday, but you might want to think about it the week before. Give us a call. We're more than happy to put stuff aside. Uh, otherwise, it's first come, first serve. Um, so as many as we can fit in, in the beginning of the week, we put up in the front of the store, and then they move. 
Yeah. So if you're looking to get those, think about it early. Think about what size you want to make, how many gallons you actually want to make. Uh, even if you have an unlimited supply of grapes, you don't have an unlimited supply of time, and you have a limited size to your liver. So there's only going to be so much wine you're going to make. Kind of determine what you want your volume to be. So it's a full-service wine shop. Uh, for Monsters, have some new accessories as well. Yeah, and the lid lovers are really popular. So the, the For Monsters have a screw-on lid. The lid is a different plastic than the bottom, and, of course, a lot of people have had problems with screwing the lid on when they're putting their beer away and then having trouble getting it off when they go to take it out. Um, you can run it under hot water. You can hit it with a hair dryer, but if you have a beer in there fermenting, that might not be your easiest option. So the lid lover simply just goes on over the lid. It's got two handles, and you can pop the lid right off. Uh, it makes a lot, life a lot easier, especially if you're holding, say, a racking tube in one hand and, you know, you're trying to get this lid off with the other. It wasn't something you could do with one hand before. So the, now you got a shot. This makes it the, so you don't you don't unscrew it? No, you still unscrew it. But it's just a, a wider base kind of thing. You got it. Okay. You got it. So you get two big handles coming off a big kind of wide, uh, like a box end wrench, and that gives you a good grip on that lid. All right, very good. All right, so into today's show, we're a little bit more specialty today again, mm-hmm. cider making today. Cider making, because it's, it's in season. Yeah. It's in season. So in the fall, even though this is great brewing weather, the tap water's starting to chill down, your basement's probably at a perfect temperature for an ale or lager. Um but it's also the time of harvest. And so as we talk about grape harvest, and we talked about winemaking a couple weeks ago, um, now we're going to talk about cider. Because if you're looking to do this, if you're looking to make fresh local cider, now is the time of year to do it. And there's plenty of places around here to get it. We do sell um, concentrates for both one-gallon and five-gallon batches of cider that come uh, fairly traditional apples. Um, but there's a lot of places locally that you can get it. Um, if you have a favorite place for getting fresh pressed juice, that's probably where you're going to want to get your cider. And it's fairly cheap as well. I think the most expensive I've ever seen is about $6 per gallon. And I think the least expensive I've ever seen around here is about three three fifty a gallon, you know, for juice. And that's really cheap. You know what I mean? You talk about you're just going to need some yeast, you're going to need a couple little additives. You're basically paying about $3.00 a growler at the most expensive end, mm-hmm. which is going to be about, you know, 50 cents a beer less or 50 cents a cider. So it's a big money saver. It's something you can do seasonally. It'll be ready quick. Um, and the benefit is if you already have wine making or beer making equipment, you don't need anything more. And the process is going to be really similar to what you're used to with either beer making or wine making. So it's a very kind of quick exchange. Right. So the first thing that we always ask you when you come in, and what people, they'll decide they want to make cider, they got the apples, or they got the juice, they're ready to go, they come in, and the first question is, what type of cider do you want to make? So just like beer, just like wine, there's a wide variety of ciders out there. So if you're thinking of making one, the first thing, and probably the you know, best thing you can do is drink a bunch of different ciders. Um, it will really give you an idea of what's out there. And then when you come in to talk to us, we'll have a better idea of what we need to do to make sure that you get the cider that you want. So first step, drink a bunch. It's fairly easy. Mm-hmm. And then second step, come into Niagara Tradition. So what we're going to be asking is a couple of kind of parameters here. And we can break it down to three parameters. Where do you want a still or sparkling cider? So whether you want carbonation in it or not, whether you want a sweet or dry finish, and how high do you want the alcohol to be? Um, and each one of those factors is going to start 
really changing your process right at the beginning. So you want to know before you get started, before you pick out a yeast, even before if you get the apples, you kind of want an idea of what you're going to be doing with the cider. So, And that's just personal preference. That's personal preference. I usually go for a lower alcohol carbonated dry cider. Um, it's a good crowd pleaser. It's great on hot summer days. It kind of works well if you want to serve it um, like almost like champagne or a sparkling wine. Um, to those who drink cider just like they would beer or full pine at a time, it works well for that too, but it's only going to be about 5 to 6%. Um, the other big popular uh, item around here is Applejack. Um, Applejack is, first you make kind of an apple wine, so a, a still strong cider. Um, still has a little bit of sweetness to it. And then you put it outside during the winter and you let it start to freeze. When you scoop off the water, you're leaving behind sugar, tannins, and alcohol. Mm-hmm. So you up the quantity of all those. You get more intense flavors, more sweetness, uh, and a higher uh, alcohol concentration. You can get up to about 40% doing jacking that's about 80 proof so you're borderline apple brandy at that point so that's another fun process right all right so first thing we need to do is we need to pick up the juice and there's like i said there's plenty of places um that sell fresh fresh apple juice um usually mills will have two products they'll have the lower sugar content uh juice it's usually blended with some apples that were intended for eating or drinking not necessarily for fermenting um this is going to produce a kind of drier cider with a little bit less flavor in the long run which doesn't always mean a bad thing if you're willing to drop off a bucket and wait um, to come back, so if you leave them a sanitized bucket, they'll usually have a load of apples come in that are just for cider, cider making. They'll get a bunch of people like you that are waiting to make cider. They'll load up all these buckets, and then they'll press it all at once. They'll give you a call to let you know it's okay, and you come pick it up. Okay. So the one question we always get, is pasteurization okay? Yes. Now, There are some forms of kind of long-term pasteurization, some hot pasteurization that can significantly change the flavor of the cider and make it kind of hard for it to ferment all the way. But pretty much every mill around here is doing what we call flask pasteurizing, which is usually done with UV light. When you use the UV light, it doesn't really change the chemical content of the cider. It doesn't cause a Maillard reaction. It doesn't cause like pectin separation. Um, it really leaves the juice kind of untouched. So my personal preference is for UV pasteurization. And if even if I'm getting someplace fresh press, um, if they say, oh, well, do, do you want it pasteurized? I said, yeah, if you can run it through the UV, it's not a problem on your system, please do it. And most places will. And it's going to make life a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, you really want to make sure the juice doesn't have any preservatives. And ones what we always look at are, you know, metabisulfites are okay depending on the levels, um, but sodium benzenate and potassium sorbate. Um, it's going to be very hard, if not impossible, to get the juice to ferment if it has those two in it. Um, and again, that is sodium benzenate and potassium sorbate. If it's in there, it's going to be on the label. Um, usually... It will say right on the front of any local cider, no preservatives. And so if you see no preservatives, you see it's pasteurized, you're okay to go. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, so now you got to decide what you want to make. And so let's first look at alcohol content. So you want to take a hydrometer and you want to put it into your cider and you want to read the starting sugar content. You want to write that down for your notes, but then you want to turn the hydrometer around and look at the potential alcohol scale. Now, I usually choose to add corn sugar because it's neutral, it's not adding tannins, it's not adding any flavors, and it's high glucose, so it tends to ferment out 100%. Um, but bring the sugar level up to your desired alcohol. You can also use apple juice concentrate. That's getting a little risky because you're putting in more acids, more tannins. You can also use honey, which is kind of starting to go a little bit down the sizer range. And you can also put in a little bit of malt if you want to, too. That's becoming popular as well and adds a little bit of body, a little bit of mouthfeel, and a little bit of residual sweetness. But it also does add a little bit of beer-like flavor, so you want to be wary of that. Mm -hmm. Once you get your alcohol or your potential alcohol up to where you want it, you have to choose a yeast, but you have to make sure that that yeast can handle the alcohol content that you're trying to get it to ferment. So usually we point you towards uh, English ale yeast, um, which is clean, it's neutral, it's quick fermenting. Um, it's probably the most popular in cider making. I think it's definitely uh, my favorite, Nottingham. Again, I use it for most of my beer, turns out. I also use it for most of my cider. Um, and it tends to produce a very clean flavor. You can also go Belgian ale yeast, and particularly Saison yeast or Belgian strong ales, and they will produce uh, kind of some farmy or kind of hay-like nose to the cider, which um, if you're used to French and Belgian-style farmhouse ciders, that's going to be a little bit more what you're looking for. If you're looking more for like the strong bow kind of woodchuck, you want to lean a little more towards the English. Um, but you want to check that alcohol content. Those yeasts are usually only good for anywhere but about 9 to 13%. If you're going for that brandy, if you're going for that apple wine, you're going to need a stronger yeast. Now, you can go with some mead yeast. There are some cider-specific. Most popular is probably champagne yeast. It has kind of some of the similar advantages of the English ale yeast. Fast fermentation, um, really crisp, really clean. Uh, but it does have that 18 to 20% alcohol tolerance, which is why a lot of people start going for it. Okay. All right, so you got your juice, you got your yeast, and we'll let you know what we're do at the second half of the show. I was going to say, that. We, we're yeah. already halfway through. We're going to bust in a break here. All right, so you got your juice, got your yeast. At the end of the show, you'll have your cider. So we'll get you through that here on Niagara Tradition. Just brew it on ESPN 1520. Jeremy White here for Niagara Tradition Home Brewing Supplies. You're listening to Just Brew It, which means either you homebrew or you're thinking about it. Wherever you are in the process, Niagara Tradition Homebrew is your source for everything homebrewing. Do what I did. Get a starter kit, and you'll be well on your way. Niagara Tradition will be there to answer your questions, give you advice, and as I try to become a more seasoned brewer, I know I can count on Niagara Tradition to be there with the supplies and the advice I need. Niagara Tradition Home Brewing Supplies. 1296 Sheridan Drive, near Military, in Tonawanda. Open Monday through Friday, 11 to 7, Saturdays, 10 to 4, and 24-7 at nthomebrew.com. Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Pay them a visit, and remember to just brew it. All right, back here on Niagara Tradition's Just Brew It on ESPN 1520. Again, a reminder, if you're a homebrewer that might want to join a club, from 12 to 3 today at uh, the store at Niagara Tradition, an opportunity to meet some people. Beer tasting and bottle exchange with the uh, Niagara Association of Homebrewers, Sultans of Swig, and us uh, house brewers as well. Got it. And so if it'll you be a don't pack- have beer to exchange, 
feel free to come in. That's just we that's, got a couple of kegs on tap, so we got you covered. You know. So will, will it be a packed house, like lots of people? You think it'll be fair? Yeah, it's always fair. Representation it's, you, you can from still do your shopping if you're coming in to do your re- regular shopping. Uh, most of these club folks are experienced; they won't be right in front of the counter. They'll usually wait to swarm you till you get off to the side. Um, they'll have some beer set up there, so. You'll still be able to shop, but it'll be a little bit busy. Okay. For sure. All right. Very good. So we're on cider. You've got your juice, you've got your yeast, and now let's make some cider. Yeah. So now you've started fermenting it. So you've added your yeast in, and now it's going to be just like your beer or wine, depending on your alcohol content. So if you're doing it like beer, you're looking at one to two weeks. If you're doing it with wine, you're looking at two to four weeks as far as sitting fermenting. So put it in the basement, forget about it for a couple of weeks, check the gravity maybe once, make sure it's fermenting, but then you're going to be ready for finishing. So like I said, this is simple. You're going to take juice, you're going to put it into a sanitized bucket. Yes, you can add a little yeast nutrient if you want. No, I don't. I don't add pectic enzyme either. Nothing. Just juice, yeast, and you let it roll. So if you're doing a still cider, so if you're going for more of the wine, I really would suggest stabilizing it. So you're going to add potassium sorbate, that same, you know, stabilizer we didn't want in the beginning. We're going to add it now because we don't want this to ferment anymore. And you're going to add sodium metabisulfite. And this is going to prevent further fermentation. Um, When you're doing a sweet cider, it's very easy if you're doing a still cider because you can stabilize yeast. When you do that, it's not going to start to re-ferment any sugar that you put in to back sweeten. And when I do this, I usually prefer to add just table sugar regular old sucrose um for as much as you put in compared to like glucose or something like that or fructose you get a lot of flavor you get a lot of sweetness for a little bit added um but it also again doesn't add any tannins doesn't glycerize doesn't add any acids you can use apple juice concentrate and if you feel like it's missing some apple flavor if it's not tart enough go ahead it's going to kind of bring those flavors back in usually we prefer to use a like frozen 100 percent apple concentrate um, because you know what you're getting there you're not going to be watering down your product um, but that's what you're going to want to use to back sweeten at that point you're going to leave it upright maybe add a clarifier if you think it needs a clarifier but leave it there for another week before putting it into wine bottles or beer bottles. Now, if you're doing a carbonated cider, this can get a little bit more tricky um, because, one, you can't have any residual sugar. Um, you can use artificial sugars like uh, sucralose or splendors, any one of those, uh, to kind of bring back a little bit of sweetness, as well as we have an all-natural uh, apple flavoring and sweetener in the store if you want to do that. Usually a four-ounce bottle will get you through anywhere 10 to 15 gallons. So for four bucks, four ounces, you're going to get through 10 to 15 gallons if you're trying to back sweeten and flavor. But otherwise, you're going to end up bottling this just like ye- beer. You're going to let the yeast do all of its work, ferment out the cider completely dry. Mm-hmm. You're going to add uh, anywhere from an ounce to an ounce and a quarter of priming sugar and then put it right into beer bottles. Let it sit around for two weeks at room temperature. Once you notice it start to carbonate, you can put it into um, the basement, into the fridge, and it's going to be ready. If you can age it, either if you're doing still or if you're doing bottled, if you can age it for a year or two, um, it's really going to get better uh cider kind of looks more like wine 
on the aging. Uh, not only does it kind of refine some of the you know alcohols in there and kind of lose some of its rough phenols, um, but it also can experience an acid drop, whether that's male lactic fermentation or just from acids precipitating. So it tends to become smoother, silkier over time. So if you can put away a few bottles for a year, two years, they're really going to get a lot better. If you're using a kegging system, you can simply add the sorbate to the cider, add any type of sweetener you want to, and put it into the keg and begin serving it right now. Yet again, kegging system proves to be uh, better. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you're saving a Much lot of time. Much more convenient, yeah. Much more convenient. Um, there are some ways to get naturally carbonated and naturally sweet ciders uh, in the bottles. Um, I have done these methods before, but I have to admit I've never aged a cider that's sweet and carbonated in the bottle for a long time. I have left them out at room temperature, but I haven't uh, aged them for a year or anything like that. And I, I know multiple customers that have, and it's worked out well for them. Um, but if you want a sweet cider in the bottle, you have two options. Um, and both kind of revolve around the same premise here. You need some sugar to get your sweetness. You need some sugar to get the yeast to ferment. But yeast, again, are not atmospheric sensitive. They have an open membrane. They don't care what the pressure is getting up to inside your beer bottles. They don't care that you have newly finished basement. They don't care that they're sitting on a carpet. They're going to blow up if you give them the right circumstances. So what you're going to do is you're going to first put the cider into the bottles with enough sugar to back sweeten it. And that's going to be more than enough to prime it as well. Now, I would suggest doing one of this batch in a plastic pop bottle of the same size bottles that you're doing the beer in. So if you're doing the beer in 12 or 16 ounce bottles, get a 12 or 16 ounce pop bottle and add that into the mix. What this is going to be is it's going to be your indicator. So that as you're wondering how carbonated the batch is, you can keep going back to this and squeezing it to kind of tell us, like by its firmness, how carbonated the entire batch is. Once you think this one bottle is ready, now you have to stop the fermentation across the entire batch. And you have two ways to do this. The first is simply and easily to cold crash. So take the bottles, stick them into the fridge. Um, getting the yeast below 38 degrees is really going to shut them down. It's not going to shut down their metabolism um, 100%, but we're talking about well into like the 99 percentile. So they're going to be fermenting, but we're talking about extremely slowly at a rate you'll probably never notice. But you also have to keep these bottles cold. As soon as they warm up, they're going to start fermenting again. So if you decide to bring them camping in the fall or something like that, you throw them into the back of your car and you're driving and they're sitting there above your you know, muffler slowly warming up in the trunk, they're going to start to blow up. Um, so these, if you do this method, these bottles will not be able to leave the house. Now, if that doesn't seem scary enough, um, the second option to get a you know, sweet carbonated ciders. You do the same thing. You have one pop bottle. You squeeze it. Feel when it's ready. When the whole batch is ready, you're going to pasteurize it to kill the yeasts. Now, you don't have to boil it. It's only going to take about 165 to 170 degrees um, to kill the yeast. The only danger here is by raising the temperature, um, not only do you put stress on the glass because it's going to begin to expand, the carbon dioxide 
inside the water, inside the cider, is also going to want to expand, and it's also going to want to come out of solution. So it's going to want to become a gas, and then it's going to want to expand more, and it could blow up. So you're going to want to have some eye protection here. If you have, like, one of those spatter screens that's used for, like, deep frying or something like that, that's great. Put it over there. But usually what I do is, one, I'm usually only doing a gallon. So I take my brew pot and put all 12, 13 bottles into a pot of 180-degree water and cut the heat. I let them sit there for about 10 minutes with the bottles fully covered. If it begins to drop below 170, I bring it back up. And I maintain this for about 15 to 20 minutes. And that's really kind of pasteurizing the beer. Or, I'm sorry, cider. You can do this for a beer as well, although it kind of really changes the flavor, especially with any finishing hops. For the cider, it really doesn't seem to change the flavor. It doesn't change the color. It's already in a CO2-rich environment. There shouldn't be any oxygen left in the bottles. Um, and should make, for now, a shelf-stable carbonated cider. So you can do all that. You can get the eye protection, get the gloves out, the spatter screen, or you can get a kegging system. Yeah, I'm right. But that's how you do it. It's really easy. I would really suggest somebody doing it. Uh, it's a great seasonal product. Um, me and my cousins would usually load up in my pickup truck. We'd go around. We'd try a, a couple different mills. Uh, we have never got a cider that we were disappointed with from a mill. Um, different juice has made, you know, different ciders a little bit better, whether it's the kind of the Belgian style or if we're really going for more of the apple brandy. But like I said, no matter where you go, um, you'll be happy. I'm uh, from Niagara County, so I usually end up uh, doing um, Cherry Bank and Blackman Farms. If you're from the South Towns, you have Mayor Brothers, Red Barrel, but there really are a lot of these places around. They're all small family businesses, so not only are you supporting a small family business, you're getting some really good beverages at under 50 cents a bottle. Yeah. So right. now's the time of year. Um, if you feel like we went this too fast, we only got 26 minutes, come on into the store and we can help you through the rest of it. But it's how, really an easy process. How many people on, in a given year are, are, are coming in to ask you about cider? A lot, and yeah? especially this time of year. So now until late November, December, um, the cider will be available. Um, and it continues to be available into winter and spring. It's really as it starts to warm up in the beginning of the summer that we start to lose the fresh press cider um, because they take apples that they haven't pressed they're nice hermetically sealed and they put them into a cryovac chamber so a cold chamber that's you know usually an outbuilding on one of these farms they actually pull a slight vacuum on and that prevents the apples from molding from uh, over ripening mm -hmm. and then they can just press them into juices needed so this is something that you can get all the way out into february okay. um, but the season is starting now so we're giving you fair warning. You got five months. All right. So get to Niagara Tradition if you need your cider making materials. Also, again, one last reminder today from 12 to 3, if you're a home brewer looking for an association or a group, uh, a club to join, today's the day to stop in, maybe buy some supplies, meet some people, and see what happens. It's Buffalo Beer Week as well. Every week's Buffalo Beer Week for us. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. That's it for us. Thanks for listening. Uh, again, any episode you ever want to find is available on demand at WGR's website or uh, ESPN 1520 as well. So make your cider. Have a great day. And welcome once and for all the fall season. Thank God it's here.
Listening to Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Home Brew. Whether you're a seasoned brewer or just want to get started, visit them at 1296 Sheridan Drive in Tonawanda or online at nthomebrew.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Just Brew It.